and welcome to the Who's He podcast with me, Phil. And me, Paul. And on this week's show, we're going to be discussing, which appears to be a very much uh, an episode that's divided uh, Doctor Who fandom, the Saranga conundrum. Um, <laughs> a bit yeah. of a conundrum. Yes, now, indeed. Now we know where the conundrum comes from. <laughs> it's nothing to do with the story. It's, what, it's the, how a fandom yeah. is going to react to it. Um, so we'll get on to that a bit later on. But first, as usual, we'll kick off with the news. Now, um, one bit of... Well, we're still trying to make up minds if this is actually news or it's a rumour or it's just an unconfirmed bit of tittle-tattle. We we don't know, but it appears that we're not going to have a uh, a Doctor Who Christmas special this year. We'll we'll put it this way. They're filming something, but it's not going to be on Christmas Day. Um, We've been reading reports that it's going to be out on New Year's Day. Now, I haven't actually read this on any official um, outlet at all. I've just seen other people talking about it and... You know, so I mean, what, what's your opinion on this, Paul? Do you, you don't really care, or <laughs> um, it depends on what I'm doing at Christmas. <laughs> if I'm home, I'd rather Doctor Who was on at Christmas Day. Hmm. Yeah. But I can, I can, I mean, I can just, again understand why they'd want to. That it can get a bit lost in the Christmas Day festivities yeah i think i think the thing obviously i mean i'll watch it every every year on christmas day come you know come hell or high water but it, it does tend to sort of it's it's on but it's kind of on in the background you, you can't really yeah. sort of concentrate um on watching it at all it's it's just on and then i have to watch it again once the you know the kids have gone to bed you know and i've got a bit of peace and quiet so it's it's, it's, just, it's just kind of there yeah um so with it being I mean, on New Year's Day, I'm sort of kind of quite happy about that, if I'm honest. Now we're too old to go out and celebrate the New Year. <laughs> well, it's just a fact, it's sort of like yeah. that, that thought New Year's Day or Christ back to work on the, on the next day, you know. So, um, well, it is for me that, uh, next year anyway. But, yeah, I, I really don't... I'm, I'm non-plus either the, way, the, to be honest. The one advantage may be, if they do put it on New Year's Day, is... The fact that the Christmas Day one has to sort of appeal to a Christmas Day audience. Hmm. Indeed. Yeah. Whereas a New Year episode mm. can probably just be a Doctor Who episode. Yes. More, more like a, a continuation of the of the series that's just gone, kind of. Yeah. Kind of. But. Yeah, I mean, it yeah. may not necessarily have to cater for the the people who never watch it any other time other than Christmas Day. Yes, indeed. Which I think there has been a tendency with some of the Christmas specials to be. Well yeah I mean it's I mean it's I thought I said this before anyway, I mean it's nice to have extra Doctor Who um on, you know, during the course of the year, or it might be the only the only thing to see Doctor Who wise during the course of the year. All you've got to look forward to is the Christmas special. Um But as I say, they don't really. While the majority of the time they're fun, um, it's either a case of they don't really add anything to, to, to the series as a whole. Really, they're just sort of kind of there, um, or it's always a regeneration, which is a bit of a downer to watch on Christmas Day, to be yeah. honest. So, um, yeah, as I say, the, I'm, I'm nonplussed either way, to be honest. The only thing that would worry me from this is. Once it no longer becomes part of the furniture for Christmas Day, yeah, 
is it f- f- is it at all needed during the festive period? Well, as I understood it, and are we going to end up in future just having ten episodes mm. series and that's that? Well, the thing is, as I understood it, I thought that the reason that Stephen Moffat did Twice Upon a Time was to ensure. Because there wasn't going to be anything for Christmas there, because it was obviously at that time Christian wasn't going to be ready to produce anything. Yeah. Um, for the Christmas slot, so Stephen Moffat stayed on and Peter Capaldi stayed on to do a Christmas special to ensure that Doctor Who retained its its Christmas Day prestige um, slot, yeah. which has now been an utter waste of time. So really, Peter Capaldi could have gone at the end of the last series for, for all it was worth. Yeah, oh, I don't know. I think I, yeah, I suspect they had fun doing that episode. They probably did. I mean, it, it was obviously it was it was more of a. Um, I mean, I must admit, I, I didn't particularly enjoy. I've I on record so I didn't particularly enjoy the the portrayal or the or the way the first Doctor was written. Anyway, there's nothing wrong with David Bradley, but um, I say it, it again. It didn't. Apart from the regeneration, it didn't really contribute anything. No. To Doctor Who, he didn't have to be there. This this whole, you know, twelve and and one meeting, and yeah, you know, it, it, it you know, it was just Moffat mucking around with the, with the I hate saying with, with the cannon again, didn't it? So that, yeah, that's what it, that's what it pretty much amounted to. Um, but we we I did put out um, a poll to our um, Twitter users, and we actually got quite a good um, response to it actually for 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 one of our polls, and it? it was very very good. Um, do you think people got no. confused as to whether we should have a second referendum? <laughs> what I was fighting on. If only it was that easy. <laughs> um, but basically, fifty-two um, percent of the people who voted um, said it, it was a bad idea. Really, they, you know, they didn't want it on, on New Year's Day, and forty-eight percent um, said, "Yeah, New Year's Day's okay." So it was quite a close, a close-run thing. There wasn't a lot in it. So maybe they're pretty much like me. Pretty like the referendum. They, yeah, exactly. The <laughs> narrowest, the right. narrowest of margins. That's that's it. That's democracy. The people have spoken. Okay. <laughs> well, actually, that is democracy. I'm afraid. So <laughs> that's how it works, folks. Whether you agree with it or not, that unfortunately, that's how it works. Um, yeah. So I mean, you know, as, as I said, I haven't actually come across as any official BBC outlet yet. No. That's the thing. So, anyway, um, on to onto other news now. Now, um, another strange bit of news has, has, has come out this week. There's been sort of... We've sort of shied away from it um, on this podcast, but there's been talk of a, a long time now of some um, animated Doctor Who um, being aired at the um, the BFI. It seems to be an annual thing, and the Missing Believe Wiped event. Yeah. Uh, which is going to be on the 15th of December, I think. So, um, anyway, there's been talk and talk to them. People saying, oh, it's going to be the macro, um, sort of the macro terror, or it's going to be all of Wheeling's, or what's missing of Wheeling Space, blah, blah, blah. I thought it might, they might have animated um, the missing episode or the Web of uh, the web of Fear, for mm. argument's sake, the one that um, um, Philip Morris did get his hands on, then it mysteriously went missing when he went back to get it. I, so I think they still think that's there. I think that's still uh, it's still there. Someone's got that, haven't they? They but, still believe that's available. So I don't yeah. think they're ever going to spend money. No, creating something to replace it. Well, the thing is, some people were on the money with this one. Um, it is the wheel in space. However, 
Here's the here's what I really cannot understand about this. They've animated 10 minutes of episode one. Yeah. And that's all we're getting. And, this, and Charles Norton, who's produced this um, animated version, and he's the same guy who did the animation for Power of the Daleks and Sharda. Um, it's it, it's going to be shown at the BFI, and it, it will maybe include on a future BBC DVD. Yeah, but that's it. But that's it. Um, I'm struggling to understand why they've done this, other to sort of show off the animation. Yeah. Who's this, who is this for, really? It does. It yeah. It does seem to be a case of what you know. If, if you're going to do it, do it. You know, or don't. Yeah. Precise. What 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 are ten minutes worth, really? Other other than showing yeah. off your animation skills, it's it's almost like a a show reel for Charles Norton. I mean, to be honest, I mean, especially, especially seeing that they have done, already done some. So it's not as if like this is a test to see whether people like it or not. Yeah. You know this sort of animation or not? Because they know that they know people went out and bought how, it. Yeah, you know. how the power of Daleks and Sharda went. So yeah. I, know, I know that people have got a lot of, there's a lot of detractors of that style of animation for power of the Daleks. There's a lot of people who don't like it. Um, I'm not one of those people. I, I I found it perfectly acceptable to be honest. And let's be honest, they haven't got a lot of money to throw at no. these. The BBC haven't got hasn't got a lot of interest um, in chucking money at, at this sort of thing so um so i think you know i'm i'm i'd like what we've had but but yeah. just to animate 10 minutes though yeah i mean it's, it's just just the sort of an odd thing because a, you're talking about yeah wasting money yeah and b yeah to, to what effect yeah it's, really it, don't it, understand it no it's purely for this bfi event uh yeah and that's it and maybe a dvd extra at, at some future date I mean, why not find a story that's only missing two episodes? <clears throat> yeah, and just go and animate them two episodes. Make a hell of a lot you more know? sense. Yeah, you know, to pick one, which basically, if they're going to animate, they'd have to do four episodes, wouldn't they? Because there's only two exist of the six for this. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So I can understand. Yeah, they're not going to do that. But by the time you've done. What is effectively, I suspect, half an episode. Yeah, because the running time was a little over 20 minutes, wasn't it, back in those days? You're a yeah. quarter of the way there to to, to to fit in two missing parts of another story. I know. Yeah, I, I, I really do not understand that at all. I really do not. And I don't know, maybe it's to... Oh, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm... It's my cynical minds. Maybe it's just to get people to go along and see this because there's always that anticipation they're going to show missing Doctor Who episodes, um, but there isn't any this year. They've already, I think, they've right. already informed people what's what's going to be shown. Well, that what's, that was the other thing, know. wasn't it? When they, when this sort of was announced <clears> that they was doing this, then people leapt on the fact that perhaps they found some of the other episodes from Will in Space. Yeah, and thus it now becomes a. A, a workable thing to just fill in the gaps with animation. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. But no, they're saying no, that's definitely not the case. No. So, yeah, I, I, I think I personally found that a bit of a disappointment, to be honest. I really did. I find that very, very disappointing. So, um, and very much an anti climax, really. But, 
But hey, we're Doctor Who fans. We're never out. I was going to say, she's <laughs> typical Doctor Who fans. There's ten minutes of animation that didn't exist before, and we're and not we're happy disappointed. about it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay, well, let's move on to some uh, big finish news. Now, and, and again, I'm, I'm fairly ambivalent towards this as well because the um, it's been announced that the Paternoster Gang um, are returning uh, to well, return for Big Finish. Featured the original cast of Neve McIntosh, Catherine Stewart and Dan Starkey as Madame Vastra, Jenny and Strax. Um, and it's going to be their own adventures in court. It's going to be titled The Paternoster Gang Heritage. So there we are. And the pat- There's three stories. There's uh, The Cars That Ate London by Jonathan Morris. A photograph to remember by Roy Gill. Uh, the Ghosts of Greenwich by Paul Morris. Okay, so now these are we, we sort of looked at this... Um, uh, right at the end, and see when they're going to be released. And, and volumes one to four are available to, for uh, for pre order uh, from the Big Finish website, but they're not going to be released until April 2019, October 2019, March 2020, and October 2020. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, get in early. Um, and it says each box set will um, will consist of three audio adventures plus an additional disc of extras. So um, it looks like the. What's been released in April 19, in 2019 is what I've just read out. Those three titles just read out to you um, yeah. there. So, yeah. Um, yeah, okay. If you like the Pat Noster gang, I suppose this, this is for you. I, I sort of grew, grew tired of them on the telly, to be honest. I'm, I'm only now interested by the mention of Greenwich. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> Will you be listening to I'm... see if they, get, if, they, if they get their facts right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh dear! Yeah, I know. Yeah, is there is there is it going to be based on any, you know, built around any historical fact? <laughs> well, um, well, we well, I won't see because I probably won't be buying this. So. No. <laughs> I shall wait for someone else to uh, to, to uh, review that one. I'll, I'll read their review mm. instead. So, okay, then. Well, let's move on to something that well nobody looks forward to. It's Omega Stats Corner. <laughs> Okay, the overnight viewing figures for the Saranga Conundrum uh, is watched by um, 6.12 million viewers, um, unofficial overnight figures, of course, and that was a 29.5% um, share of the total TV audience. So um, mm. so it makes it the second highest rated programme for the Sunday and the sixth for the week ending 4th of November. Yeah. So, okay. Um it's sort of, has that gone down again? I haven't actually compared it to the previous week with the overnights. Wasn't it something like six point two two or something last time? Maybe, maybe. I don't know. If, I don't know if it's in the I mean, uh, the official film figures for the Arachnids in the UK yet, but we'll come to that in a minute. Um, they, I mean, they they do say, which I can understand, that obviously people may well have been out at bonfire. Yes, indeed. Stuff yeah, because it was. Yeah, I mean, it's still. I mean, it's still a good. Um, one, for, you know, for that particular time of day, yeah, and it's, and the time of year it is because it is, you know, it's it's um, you know bonfire, yeah. and and everybody was down, so it does look like that that was a contributive factor. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, um, and, and and of course, um, the X Factor, as I like to report on each week, was and have four point twelve million. Um, so and the Chase Celebrity Special at three point seven four. So oh, Brad, Brad, was, <laughs> Brandy Walsh loses out on that channel, but gains on the other one. So yeah. Oh dear! So now on to the um, the official 
viewing figures for Ratnis in the UK. Um, the official rating was 8.22 million. That's according to Barb. So it's um, we've got the the four screen dashboard thing again. So it's 7.97 million watched on a conventional TV, 131,000 watched on a PC, 62,000 watched on a tablet, and 51,000 watched on a smartphone. So apparently um, these figures make Doc to the fourth most watched program of the week ending 28th of October. And the rest in the UK had an AI um, index score of um, 83. Yes. So it's, um, it's it's holding its own in, in that particular field, I think. Yeah. 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 I mean, and it was fourth, but third was uh, the final of the Great, Great British, British Bake Off. So, yeah, that's, that's not unusual for the... No, exactly, there. exactly. Um, I think the top top of the week were the the, the two editions of Strictly Come Dancing. Strictly Come Dancing, yeah, yeah, which goes without saying, really. So, yeah, um, yeah, okay, it's it's still good. It's it's still it's still holding its own at the moment. Um, how long that remains? Um, well, we, we we shall see because we've. Um, I think Rat is in the UK had, it, had its fair share of detractors, and um, so did this week's episode, yes. and then some. So, <laughs> which we'll be coming on to very, very shortly, because uh, that's that is it for the news. We've got no tat this week, um, so I, I'm, I'm surprised we managed to keep the tat corner for going as long as we have done that in the last few weeks. To be honest with you, but uh, yeah, but there's no tat this week, unfortunately. So maybe no. maybe that might pick up again near the close we get to Christmas. Who knows? Yes, I would have thought so. I would have thought so. But then the past few years has been pretty disappointing with Christmas tat, hasn't it? Really? No. Yeah, because most of it's not usually available till February. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the, like the Christmas decorations. You get them in sure. February. Bloody hell. Okay, everybody. So that wraps up the news items for this week. Then, so coming up next is our review of the Osaranga Conundrum. So for another week, then, that was the news. Okay then, everybody. We're now going to talk about the Saranga conundrum. Where are we? We're in hospital. Nothing to worry about. So what's that? I've encountered it before. They kill. It's going to kill us all, isn't it? I'm trying to imagine the answer to the question. I can't quite see the solution. And it's my turn to uh, kick off proceedings this week, isn't it? I, I've, I've the the dubious honour of kicking yes. off proceedings for this one. Um, I've only watched this once, if I'm honest. Um, because I couldn't bring myself to watch it again. <laughs> and you can probably figure out where my review is going to go for, for, based on that statement, really. Um, I just thought this was a bit of a mess, to be honest. Um, I'm not sure if I'd... Well, yeah, perhaps I would go that far. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's... I mean, it's an, an interesting... Premise, but I mean, hardly original. Uh, you know, an, an, an alien running around the ship that they can't. I mean, it's it's, it's riffing on on Alien or Dark Star, which which Alien riffed off originally anyway. Um, yeah, and then you, you've got the, the the thing with the the the, the guy who's, who's pregnant. You've got the general who's got this mysterious illness. Her brother's on board for no apparent reason. It seems. Um, the, the doctor ran around holding her sides because of this sonic mind, but um, 
quite why. No, I, I, no I, explanation, I, yeah. No. You got, the feed, you got the feeling that bit just got cut out somewhere, don't you? Because you had the Doctor say, oh, well, that's not good. Hmm. Well, not the doc, you know, that, the, the medic on board. Yeah. That's not to say that's not good. And then it was sort of, you know, later on she was saying, you know, you, what, what, what's wrong with me? You're lying. Mm. And then she's holding her side for a bit, but that's it. It never. It just, no, it doesn't go anywhere. anywhere. You felt that was going somewhere, and no, it didn't. <laughs> yeah. And you just wonder whether that actually just got cut. It it seems like that. It just seems it was edited out. And yeah, if it was, that was a bad edit. Yeah, and and to the point that you think to yourself, how bad must that have been if it didn't make the final cut? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. And the thing is that I mean, when you, I mean, to to give you an example, of the impact that the when we finally get the reveal of the um, of the alien. Uh, both my kids burst out laughing. Yeah. Um, they didn't think it was cute or frightening. They just thought it was stupid. And that's coming from yeah. two five-year-olds. So um, all I could think of immediately was Lilo and Stitch. Or Lilo and yeah. Stitch, however it's bloody pronounced. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the general consensus is that, yeah. It's that crossed with the nibbler from Futurama, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I know not all our aliens have to be big and scary and everything, but um, the, the fact that it didn't actually pose any real threat. To, yeah, there, was no, the... there, there was no real sense of suspense at all. If you've got no. to have the sort of this sort of story, this sort of story revolves around the... The fear factor, the what's going to happen next, how what's going to make me jump next. Yeah, it, yeah. If if you're going to do an alien loose on board a ship, yeah, then it's got to be they've it's got to be well, okay. To my mind, anyway. I mean, no people are going to disagree with me, but to my mind, it needs to be a direct threat to the crew, to the point you don't yeah. know what's going to happen next. It's going to pick them off one by one. Okay, Actually, that's exactly like any other. Like alien, aliens, what, what, dark star, whatever you know. Um, yeah, but it just didn't do anything with it. No, this, and, and this again, story we... works. Oh, sorry, yeah, go on, yeah. Go on. Now, this oh, story like, worked you... up yeah. until he gets killed in the escape pod. It's yeah. working. Then it's doing its job up to then. We haven't seen what it looks like. There's suspense. What's going to happen? When's something going to appear? Yeah. Someone gets bumped off. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, all good. Working so far. Then, and then it, it just, just stops. It just <laughs> it's, it it does just stop. Yeah. Um and it was so uh sort of pre- predictable. Yeah. To to, to right. so it was you know, and, and and I mean the fact it was called Pating as well. I mean, come on. Yeah. You know, I, oh, sorry, I, I just really did not enjoy this one at all. I mean, there's, there's the, the, <laughs> how how this gets me is I'm sort of watching it. I'm thinking, oh yeah, sort of base under brightly lit, very brightly lit base under siege. Yeah, crap monster. Is this the murker for the for the 21st century? <laughs> well, I mean, the other thing that they then tried to introduce some other suspense in this, which wasn't needed. 
if they'd done the alien properly, was the whole thing about this medical ship was going to get this, you know, detonated before yeah. it reached its, des- its destination. What kind of medical facility is this? Yeah. I know I mean, yeah, they've gone why, the whole thing, this, this thing they... cannot be killed and, you know... I mean, well, I can understand. I can understand in the event that, that they didn't want, they wouldn't want the ship bringing back the Pating back to the 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 space, the base. medical facility. Yeah, and I know it's yeah. all it was all because automa- there, there's hundreds of people there yeah, yeah. that would be yeah. killed. But why it would do it under any circumstances, it would kill everybody. Mm. I really don't understand. No, you know, I mean, I can understand. Perhaps it would stop the engines so it just floats. Or, or redirected you know, it somewhere else. Anywhere but the, the So it just floats till yeah. they can work out how to... what's happening on board and whether they need to rescue people. Mm. But to just blow them out of the sky... Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, it didn't make any sense Seems whatsoever. Seems to me, yeah. Yeah. Just... And, I, and I'm really sad that we've, we've only reached episode five and... You know, it, I'm already at the point of that was terrible, which is which I'm really disappointed about. And I'll tell and you I'm, where I'm, this. Yeah, go Sorry. on. Yeah, go on. No, go on. You go on. Well, no, I was, I was, I was, I was just about to say it. It, it looked okay. The sets were great. Um, I think there wasn't enough. I mean, that that was about it, really. To be honest, um, the the actors didn't have a lot to do in this. I think have we already reached the the problem with having too many companions? Cause well, that again, that was my fault. This actually seems there seems to be bits of this plot that were just there to occupy members of the the team. Yeah, yeah. The 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 pregnant man I think just seems to be to get rid of Ryan and Graham. Yeah, to give them something to do. I mean, Yaz doesn't have a lot to do, but at least she has more really than Graham and Ryan in the in, yeah. the, in the whole scheme exactly. of things. But the th- I mean, well, the thing is, when when Yaz did have something to do, it was talking to to Ryan. Yeah. In the middle of the middle, middle of, a, of a scene where they had six minutes to get everybody sort of like together and go and meet the Doctor, but no, they they broke off in the middle of everything. When the ship's about to be detonated, they've got this alien creature running around, and they decide to have a heart to heart about um, Ryan's upbringing. It was just so yeah. out of place that the whole tone and, and the, the pacing was just off, completely off in this one. Nothing made sense. The, the way it was all structured, nothing made sense at all. The thing, one of the things actually that also I had the biggest problem <clears> with <throat> is the fact of its placing in the series. Because we've mm. just had an episode where they're trapped in a contained area with a monster. Yeah. And they've got to find some way of neutralising it. Mm. And we've gone straight to another one. Exactly yeah. the same sort of situation. The 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 danger is exactly the same, really. Yeah, sorry, I just had a mouthful of drink then. Um yeah. So it's... why not why you know, could there not have been had we had last week's one, then we'd got the historical one we're getting next week. Mm. Then we'd had this one. It may have been less of a 
oh, it's this again. <laughs> sort of yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know what the the pacing of whether, whether it was, you know, whether this they were all they have all been written to be in this sequence, or whether it has been a bit of a case of throwing them up in the air and. Well, where they've come down, yeah. or, or or the other ones have actually made themselves have to be later in the series. I don't know. No, I don't really either. know why why these two have been put together next to each other. Because no. technically, there's no need for them to be next to each other in terms of continuity, as far as I can mm. see. Um, I, no, so, the, the, there is no real continuity here, is there? Yeah. So really? why, why? Why put them both together? It just seems to yeah, be. I know. I mean, it might even have been better if you'd have had the Arachnids one as the third episode, then Rosa, then this. Mm. You know, just to have split the two up. It just seemed to be a case of, oh, you're dishing us up the same thing twice. Yes, indeed. And this did indeed. feel like it was the cold leftovers of last week as well. It did, yeah, very, very much so. <laughs> Yeah, reheating, it's giving everyone <laughs> shits, basically. <laughs> that's, that's why the creature's called Patings, it's come out the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> what do I mean? I mean, another thing again, it, it's another episode where I suppose you could say that, you know, the Pating was the villain of the piece, if you if you if you can call it that. Yes. Um But it's yet another one where the villain is just walks away. Yeah. Now I, I don't know if, if this is well, obviously this this is Chibnall's the Doctor doesn't kill and the Doctor certainly hasn't killed this series, um, but again it, it's it's rendering the, the 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 character of the Doctor to be pretty ineffectual. Yeah, because they're just walking away to come back and do it again if they want to, you know, um, or maybe that's where that maybe that's where this this series is building towards. I, I, I honestly don't know. No, I don't know. I mean. Okay, it wasn't the worst way to get out of it, to get to get rid of him. In terms of that, if you're going to create an indestructible, yeah, thing, then what you've got to do perhaps is feed him so he's not. He's not hungry anymore. anymore. He's not hungry anymore. He goes over the full stomach. But isn't that what what was that episode of um, Star Trek: The Next Generation where that thing latches onto the Enterprise because it's feeding? Oh, it's too long since I've seen Do you remember that, that one? Because I remember, um, was it Mystery Science Theatre 3000 taking the piss out of it? Because they sort of they, they did a similar sort of thing when someone attached to the satellite of love, and um, right. they kept with the similar sort of solutions. Or so uh, so mean we sour its milk, um, and it, it's kind of like that that similar sort of get out. You know, that's how they resolve yeah. that particular story. They feed it something to make it right. leave the ship or, or satisfy its hunger or whatever. Oh, yeah. but, th- but then we come back to the whole point of this is why the ship's going to blow up, is to have that bomb on board. I mean, it's 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 almost... Which is, and by the way, in, in a handy little, little um, pull-out drawer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Always keep your bomb in your glove compartment on your spaceship. That's yes, obviously. <laughs> And then, and then, and then, and what I was saying last week as well about every speech the doctor gets is like a bloody science lesson. Uh, lesson, so oh, lesson. Nine. Yeah, the one about that this week about antimatter drive. Yeah, was so out of place. Yeah, I mean, it, I, th- I think we've now got to say that this this is actually um, 
a bit of we're going to have to accept of the Chibnall era. It obviously is something that he's looking at to to educate. Well, I know that's I know I, I can understand because that was that was Doctor Who's original remit. Yeah, was, was to educate at the same time, but they did it by going into points in history, like Marco Polo yeah. and the Vikings and and you know and and, and um, the French know, Revolution. Yeah. So but he wants um, to do science as well. Yeah, but it, it's it's not just sort of like setting us all within a particular point of history and then using that air, that particular point in time to tell the yeah. story and, and educate at the same time. No, he stops the story dead for the doctor to give a lecture yeah. and then, re- then resume the story again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it would have been better... Could have understood it more if, if the creature had damaged it and the doctor had to repair it, and while repairing it was explaining what she was doing. Yeah. And how it was going to work. Yeah, that would make more sense. That that, but just to stand there and look at it and say, "Oh, you know," obviously as a, I mean, I suppose I mean it's it's it, it, it's trying to tell children science is cool. Well, fine, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not yeah. going to be anti it. Uh, no, I'm I not suspect, anti it. It's, it's the way it's I suspect. Done. I suspect in a good, really good episode, it wouldn't have even noticed it. No, because it would have given. If it had been the bit in the middle that just gave you a bit to catch your breath in an exciting episode, fine. Fine. But this wasn't an exciting episode, <laughs> and it and it but, should have been. There was no yeah. tension in this whatsoever. No. No. Or, 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 or as really you say, maybe uh, uh, there was up until the point where the Astos character got bumped off. Yeah. The minute they showed the creature... It, yeah, it, as soon as you it, saw it, it, with, it with, with its fat ass sticking up in the air, um, yeah. you, you thought, that's it, the tension's gone. You're, you're now just laughing at it. Yeah. You know, yeah, that that was, yeah, I'm sorry. I I really am struggling to find something really positive to say about this. Other than the set design looked great. Um, I think the, the cast tried really hard with the script on this one. Yeah. Really did, but I'm, I'm I'm beginning to at this point with the halfway point now. I'm beginning to find the Doctor pretty ineffectual each week now. This is sort of, I mean, I mean our worries of about a Chibnall-led series are here, really, aren't they? Yeah, uh, and the fact that I mean, we've had this many episodes. And they've nearly, well, with the exception of Rosa, they've all been him. Yeah. I mean, this is the worry, isn't it? That, I mean, it's, it's what I've always said about the, the showrunner. I'd just like to have a showrunner that just commissions writers. Yeah. Gives them a broad outline of what they want the Doctor to be like. Mm-hmm. And the other characters. Yeah. And says to them, come up with a good idea. Yes. Yeah. I. It It, it is worrying I... that... However long this this run of Chibnall showrunner is, mm. we're four stories in, and he seems to be running out of ideas. Yeah, on his own. I oh, know. Yeah, yeah. Which okay, you know, if if he's running out of ideas, then get somebody else to write something. It's yeah. I've never I've never understood this why the showrunner gets the lion's share of the scripts. I, I really, I really they don't won't understand do it that. I suspect. Well, maybe, but, maybe, but I but, mean. As you said, there's you know, other ways to, to, to stamp your or make your mark 
on the show. I'm not. I'm not without sure writing about if we, for it. You know. If we've had any other series where, out of the first five, the showrunners wrote the first four, um, and co-written, co-written the other one. The other one. Yeah. I, I'm not. I can't think of any offhand. Not no. so, not from RTD. Or, we've only got RTD and Moffat era to, to, no. to fall back on here. Yeah. But, um, no, I can't. It's, Maybe I, RTD wrote the certainly wrote the line share in that first year. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, honestly don't know if it, if it was four I mean, four on the bounce. I mean, it, may, it may just be that Chibnall just wants to get his imprint on the series to kick it off, hmm. and by writing this much, he can now show other writers, look, this is how I want. But these the thing to is, interact the, the, with each there other. is there is other ways of doing but, that though, isn't there? By yeah. getting by getting a decent script editor, so you have the, the showrunner. A script editor, then you have your your, your script writers, hmm. and it, it's supposed um, to be your script editor keeps it on course. That's what they're supposed to yeah. do, you know. And, and the worry with this, with the showrunner writing the stories, is is there anybody actually saying to him, I'm "Not sure if that works." Don't know. You know, probably I mean, not. We don't. Probably not. We don't. You know. No. And, and if there is, is he taking any notice of them? Yeah. Um, yeah, I oh, I don't know. I mean, and to be honest, it's this episode. I don't hate this episode. It's okay, but if we're only having ten episodes a year, and maybe only every other year, it takes as much time and money to produce an okay episode mm. as it does to produce a brilliant one. Yeah. And it's so, all and it's all down to the script. Yeah. So why, if you're going to be putting that much time and effort into it, and taking that long over each series, mm. then why aren't you making sure you've got the best stories you can possibly have? Exactly. Yeah. I I completely agree. I completely agree. And it's just it's such a shame because it, like one episodes one, two, and three, you have three fantastic stories on the bounce. Yeah, and you got to. It started to wobble last week with episode four, and this week the the wheels have come off for me. And I'm hoping next week they've they've got the wheels back on and it, it's it's back on course again. Well, we've sort of come to the end of the Chibnall run now, haven't we? To the last episode. I think so. Yeah, yeah. So let's see where it goes now. But you know, you just think to yourself, you know, there must be hundreds of sci-fi writers out there or people who'd want to write for Doctor Who I mean I'm presuming well, I th- there aren't I th- perhaps you I th- can't get people to well I, th- I think this, I think that you, that- you must look at an episode like this and think why <laughs> why have you done that well, why do, you, do you know not, what I, I, why, I think that there, why have you not li- taken another idea yeah well I think therein lies the problem that there are sci-fi writers out there who would gladly write for Doctor Who but it seems really that Chibnall, the BBC, whatever, don't want to make a pure sci-fi series. If you if you take my meaning, yeah, it's got. I think Chibnall's is is fallen back on the um, the RTD method. It's got to be rooted in reality. It's got to be rooted back to earth. He doesn't want to. Um, what was it what RTD said? He's not in, he's not interested in what's happening to people on the planet Zog. It's got to be relatable. To 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 people to the people watching. That's why he set most of his stuff on Earth. 
Mm. I don't necessarily agree with that because you can still get people to relate to the people on the planet Zog if you write it properly. Yeah. And I think, and again, it all, and I think again, it, it, it comes back to this whole 45, 50 minute format that it got introduced because, because you're trying to cram everything into that and, you, and you're not allowing those characters to, to live and breathe and give them their background. And you've got well, to do it. You've got to do it fairly quickly. And if you and oh god, I'm no writer. You know, I'm I'm not one not one really to pass any comment. This I couldn't. I could not do a better job myself. I know. But, I know. I mean, this is, you know, this is the point. You're half aware of the fact you're not being able to turn around and say, look, anyone just has to look at my back catalogue to know. What <laughs> um, but I mean, but then you say that, but there was nothing that was. You didn't get the feeling that they'd had to try and cram it in to get it in the fifty minutes here, did you? No, no. I mean, I mean, they tried the little bit with the, with the with the, the Cicero siblings, um, which again, you know, she she was a general who was who was a this fantastic, uh, I can't remember what the term was, pilot, whatever it was, I don't, um, yeah. who had who had this heart condition, pilot's heart. Um, they had a brother who was concerned, but then. He was also an engineer. It was all convenient, convenience upon convenience. But then you had the Ronan character, this this android, who did naff all. Yeah, it just helped Yaz stun the the pating at one point. Um, and he's the only one who apparently. Do you know what? Though, if he was an android, he must have had a power source. So why didn't the pating go for him? Go for him. I mean, actually, that's what I thought was one of going to be one of the things. Because when they turned around and said, "Oh, you know, don't, there, there was two ways they could have, he could have been used in this story. One, that the pating wasn't toxic to him to be out of touch. Yeah. And two, he's the one that would be under threat from the pating out of everyone. Yeah, or he'd and be used wasn't... as like a decoy. Yeah, but it wasn't. You know? Neither of those plots points were used. No. Which would have made sense of having him. Absolutely none at all, and and it was so. Um, once you found out about Eve Cicero's heart condition, yeah, you knew she was going to bite the bullet. Yeah, but at the end, you you, you knew it, it was so. Um, but it just sort of the whole episode just went out on a whimper, really. It just ended up with them joining hands and saying this little prayer around Eve, Eve Cicero's corpse. Yeah, and that was the end to it. You know, it was just yeah. I mean, and that and 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 so early in the series where they where they they're separated from the TARDIS. Yeah. As well, you know, they spent like two episodes getting it back, and then fifth episode they've lost it again. So, which makes you wonder whether this is one of the episodes that was written because, I, as I understand it, they started filming this series before the TARDIS had actually been finished. Right. So I'm beginning to wonder. Whether this was this was why, this may well have been yeah. But again, it comes back to what you were saying. They could have changed the order, so that was a bit later on. Yeah, oh, it's just it just. Well, on the basis that from the the the, the spoiler alert, but from next <laughs> week's one, they obviously travel in time. You yeah. presume they get the TARDIS back either very early in the episode or. They've already got it back at the start of the episode. Well, I think I think they've already got it back. I'm assuming because the end of the episode, so once they get to the with the recess yeah. one, they're going to be teleported back to the planet. Yeah. 
So if they could do that, why couldn't they just sort of try and do something to teleport them off the ship? Really? Yeah. I, I mean, to, I, to be I, honest, I, if if they've got teleport devices, yeah. why do they need a ship in the first place? Yes, indeed. Why aren't they just teleporting the eel straight to the? <laughs> That's what I mean. None of this makes any sense. <laughs> Unless the argument is that A, you wouldn't want to teleport a a pregnant person. Maybe, maybe. You may not want to teleport a person with a heart problem. Yeah. And and they've been the result of a sonic explosion which has disrupted their internal organs, so you wouldn't want to teleport them. So perhaps the argument being is they only do use ships when when the people can't be teleported. But you're filling in the plot holes now, Paul. You shouldn't have to do that. <laughs> oh, with, as we said, with my pack catalogue of work, <laughs> it's quite easy for me. <laughs> well, Paul, our, our only back catalogue of writing is the, the Who's the Podcast of 2011, and that's nothing yes. to write home about, is it? So... <laughs> no. no. Oh, dear. Well, mm. we... Well, I think you can gather what we've what we've just been discussing the last thirty or so minutes. That's what we thought. Um, but obviously, we, we reached out to to you, the listener, again uh, to get your feedback, and we've been again overwhelmed with feedback. It's been utterly brilliant. Thank you so much for uh, for submitting your feedback to us. Um, but um, but I'm going to go through this. So first, we obviously we've got Twitter, Facebook, and, and email feedback to read through. Um, and we'll start off with uh, the Twitter feedback um, again. So first one is at Crunch the Snail. Um, and very short, utter gutter tripe <laughs> was their summing up of this episode. Thank you very much. Um, next one, at Red Linog. Um, dreadful, slow, tedious and preachy. Writing uh, generally is poor. Who is it aimed at? After the end of this episode, I was beginning to wonder who this was aimed at. Um, next we have Keith R. Gooch. Um, I didn't like it at all. The Pating was a rather naff creature stroke danger. And for the doctor to cut, uh, to uh, um, sort of come up against, uh, enjoyed Jodie's performance as usual, but the story was terrible. Two out of ten. Uh, next one at Jones Rob. That was dire. One of the worst in fifty years. Um, the scripts and plot were truly dreadful. The showrunner needs firing. So sad. They weren't getting damning of a chibnall already, uh, just like we were actually. Um, next we have um, Adam Blaze lives. Um, awful, a weak script, a forgettable alien creature, a bad CGI, a central idea that the writer didn't seem committed to, the Doctor killing something, underdeveloped characters, false jeopardy. Uh, I tried, but it was so bad I almost didn't make it to the end. Okay. Um, it's interesting, Saturn Blazers comes up with bad CGI there. I don't care if the effects are bad. You can watch Classic Who and the effects are bad. The story pulls you in. That's what it should do. It should make you forget about yeah. all of that. Um you know, but if the story's awful, then you're going to pick up everything else, really. I mean, the point was actually on this one, they showed the creature more than they needed to. Yes. Almost, I mean, it's like they were really pleased with the CGI that they wanted to. I mean, you had scenes where the creature was just running about on its own. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Doing nothing. I mean, the one where it comes down, swings, and then goes down the drone pipe was just what scene? What was the point of that well, scene? Yeah, precisely. Absolutely none. Anyway, I, can, I, I shall continue. Um, at JH uh, Darji, um, are these negative comments aimed at the specific episode or the new series so far? I think there was a lot of negativity going around Twitter on that particular night. Um, but anyway, because unfortunately it all fits. The writing is the main flaw, no doubt. 
Okay, so next up at um, at Uncle Beers nineteen seventy eight. Um, I chuckled to myself that a hospital drama set in the sixty seventh century paid more attention to the confidentiality than the Holby City. I liked it. Nice set design too. So somebody enjoyed it. You know, it's, it's, that's the thing. It, it's we, we just didn't like it, but there's there's going to be people out there who did enjoy it. So um, so next up at El Stevo. Um, I love the fact that in between all the seriously deep artistic episodes, we can still get some super fun sci-fi shenanigans that don't pretend to be anything else. Um, hang, hangry, not hungry and angry, hangry space monster. I love it. When can we, uh, we expect to find plush pating toys in the shops? He's so cute. So, okay. So there's someone else who enjoyed it for what it was. It, it did have the... The, the, this is going to be the toy sort of thing, didn't it? And it yes. Looking it, at it. It did, actually, yeah. yeah. Maybe we've been a bit cynical again, Paul. But mm. uh, you might be right. Um, so finally, from the Twitter feedback, it's, uh, at mine's a, uh, mine's a king uh, kingmaker. It said, where to begin? The story was terrible. Jodie Whittaker overacting. She seems worse in the role now than at the beginning. The monster, Chibnall got rid of the old monsters for this ridiculous CGI mess. It's just a parody of Doctor Who now. None of the acting was any good. Okay, fairly damning there, actually. Um, so move on to Facebook uh, feedback. Uh, first up with Russ Hilton. Hi, Russ. Uh, Russ says, This will be, re- be remembered in the same breath as Love and Monsters, Fear Her, and In the Forest of the Dead. I think you mean In the Forest of the Night there, actually. Um, but this will be bottom or even at that list by some considerable distance. It had the makings of a good suspense thriller up until the, the Furby Slothene love child appeared on screen, at which point it descended into complete farce and never recovered. It was so obvious that even the cast was struggling with this one with once again Bradley Walsh being the only one who really shone. I'd love to have been a fly on the wall when the cast saw the deadliest threat in the universe for the first time. No wonder they struggled. Taxi for Chibnall. Or at least will someone take the keyboard off his PC? Anything to stop him writing another episode? This is pure drivel of the highest order. Please, BBC, give us back our Doctor Who. Um, th- thanks, Russ. That that was quite... Um, yeah, you didn't like it then. <laughs> It suddenly feels like we've morphed into points of view. It does, actually. When, oh, when, oh, when. <laughs> no, thank you, Russ. Thanks very much. Um, next, we have uh, Dean Hill. Hi, Dean. Um, do you know? Um, short and succinct and another science lesson. Yes, you you echo our sentiments there. Uh, Jeff Waddle's up next. Hi, Jeff. Um, Jeff says, I quite liked it. Not great, not poor. A good running down corridors base under siege romp. Um, yeah, it was a base under siege romp, but I think coming off the back of another base under siege romp. Under siege romp. Yeah, yeah. I, think that, that was I mean, I, I agree. I don't think I don't think it was poor, but I think their opinions having... differ. But. <laughs> If we're only, as I said before, if we're only having ten episodes and maybe only a series every other year, then yeah, you want something that rates better as not poor. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. That 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 is true. That is very very true. So um, anyway, back to, back to the feedback. Abby Peck, hi Abby. Uh, I think this is Abby's first. Um, I think this is your your first. Um, sort of as a submission of feedback to us there, Abby. But uh, Abby says, I thought it was decent. Jodie, as always, was thrilling. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think Jodie could tried really hard with what she was given this week. 
Yeah. Really, really do. Um, next up, Robbie Bonham. Uh, hi, Robbie. Who might remember Robbie is a previous guest of the uh, guest of this podcast. Been on this podcast twice now. Um, it wants to talk about the uh, the Doctor the Doctor Who movies with Peter Cushing, and they uh, they come back on us to do a um, a companion special about the Brigadier. So hi, Robbie. So Robbie writes in. I uh, only quite liked it. Nah, it was good stuff, though naturally we're all probably expecting an H.R. Giger-type big bad. And when we first see the Pating, I immediately thought, oh no, Chibnall's RTD'd us. Cue flashbacks to Addy Post, Levine, Flying Pigs. Um, but I think it, uh, it worked, in a, in a gremlins way. Visuals were great, music was great, and glad to know she's also a Doctor of Lego. Also like that the Doctor and the pilot, sorry, can't remember her name, had previous knowledge of each other. Very Pertwee. Enjoyable episode all round. P.S. Does anyone else think the pregnant lad looked a li- little bit like Chibnall himself? Hmm? So, m- may- maybe that's it. Maybe Chibnall wants to have a baby. That That's it. He's written himself into... Sorry, he wants to have a baby. There you go. Uh, next up... Talk- <laughs> oh, 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 pre- oh, perhaps this 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 labour of love only took seven days. <laughs> <laughs> or worse still, it could have taken nine months, Paul. <laughs> Oh dear. Anyway, next up, Thomas McCambly. Um Sure, the baddie looked like Nibbler from Futurama, but I enjoyed that story. Of course, I happen to like running about in corridors. Quite like that. Okay, so, okay. Someone else who liked it. Okay. See, we're getting the good and the bad here, so he's, 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 he's eating it out, kind of. Uh, Martin Havel from the Bad Wolf podcast up next. Hi, Martin. Uh, says, all the problems with this episode can be traced back to one simple problem. Too many characters, not enough plot to go around. This type of story just doesn't work with three companions. There are six characters on board the Medi-Ship already. Add the four leads, that's ten. The whole pregnancy subplot happens only to be an excuse to get four of the remaining nine characters out of the way. I think the Doctor should have received an SOS at the end of Arachnids in the UK, leaving a team behind in Sheffield to clear up the aftermath of that episode. This could have been a solo outing for her to give the audience a chance to get to really know 13 before she starts back off in Sheffield to pick them up again. Um, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can I can actually see some, I can see some sense in that because it didn't yeah. need the companions there for this one. No, I, no, I think I, yeah, I think you got you got a point there, Martin. I thought I do think you got a point there. Um, yeah, it, it didn't need extra people in this one. Because we, we said, like, you know, Yaz had basically nothing to do again. No. And, and she seems to be the the, the, you know, the Nissa of this little group at the moment, I'm sad to say. I think next week she's going to get a, a time to shine. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming. So, um, anyway, um, Ash Farbrother, another previous guest of the show. Hi, Ash. Um, I think that, that Ash was on a companion special as well. That was for um, Ace. That was it, Ace. So, Ash says... Um, some of the design, visual, and audio definitely found influence from the game No Man's Sky. Kinda liked it though. I've never played No Man's Sky, so I, I couldn't honestly call. It. I have to take your word for that, Ash. No, I'll take your word. Yep. So, and you're not a gamer at all, Paul, are you? So, no. <laughs> um, anyway, next up, Andrea Gill. Um, hi, Andrea. Um, enjoyed it. It was certainly different, well paced, and just when I thought the companions were going to get sidelined, everything just fell into place for me, and they had their lovely moments and their roles to play. And I also want a Pating Funko Pop now. Yes, I can see Funko. There's a Funko Pop Pating coming. There's got to be. This this lends itself to Funko Pop figures. It really does. Um, I'm, I'm glad this one worked for you, Andrew. It, it certainly didn't for me. It didn't for for for, for Paul. For, for you know, um, yeah. we, we got sort of kind of 
sort of fearing reasons. Um, but it worked for you, Andrew, and that, that's that's the thing. Some people are going to enjoy this. Some people aren't. We just fell into the camp that didn't this week. So. Yeah, I and it is. I. You sort of almost feel that perhaps it isn't a bad thing if Doctor Who's a bit divisive. No, I mean because. But the thing we'll come back to it next week you know, and maybe enjoy but, it again. You know, that's how it works. Yeah. And it always has done. Yeah. It always has done. So. You know, but um, anyway, uh, next up, James Rockcliffe. Hi, James. Again, um, previous guest of the podcast. Um, (laughs) Very, very short and said to the point. Multiple geriatric shoemakers. (laughs) So I like the the, the little conundrum you set there, actually, James. Um, Thank you very much. Um, Figure that one out at home, people. It's not difficult. Um, And lastly, for the the Facebook feedback, John Michael Lindsay. Hi, um, Hi, John Michael. Says, I have to admit, I wasn't really, I wasn't sure about this one. It never really seemed to know what it wanted to be. So many threads of varying storylines that never seemed to keep pace. Bradley Walsh again was a saving grace, but to me this felt the weakest so far. But more from what felt like a very confused writing point of view. Um, again, I, I can't find much to disagree with, with, with your statement there, John Michael. Yeah, um, it yeah. is certainly the weakest so far. Um Bradley Walsh, yes, he has been he's been the high point of every episode for me at the moment. Yeah, I mean I mean, I mean that was the bit that actually sort of made the pregnancy thing work was his little asides. Yeah. The you know, that I've seen every episode of Call the Midwife. But you but he what? turned away all the all the, all the <laughs> screen yeah, bits. I, I couldn't watch the screen which bits. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. when he then when he goes and he goes, Why did I look? I can't unsee that. <laughs> yeah. What is worrying me here? Yeah. Is I'm starting to have this nasty suspicion that one of Graham and Ryan is going to leave, and one of the last things they do together is the little fist bump. Ooh, yeah, I think you're onto something here. Yeah, because he keeps turning him down. Oh, not not and a death, a deathbed just... fist bump. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I didn't think about it like that, but I. Ooh, you could be onto something. I hope not. Yeah, I do as well. But uh, it yeah. just sort of said to me that that was leading somewhere. And as usual in these sort of things, it doesn't usually lead somewhere good. No, it doesn't. No, you're absolutely right. Oh, God, no, I hope not. I do hope not. Oh, well, we've only got four more episodes to find out. So mm-hmm. anyway, uh, the last bit of feedback is email feedback from uh, once again, Ian Key. Uh, hi, Ian. Thanks again. Um Ian says, evening both. Well, for every blink, there is a Lazarus experiment. For every Rosa, there is whatever tonight's episode was called. Uh, sorry, I know it's Doctor Who, and you have to take the rough with the smooth. But this week's just didn't do it for me. There's been a lot of mentions of the show being too PC over recent weeks, none of which I thought were true, but I felt tonight's was ticking the PC boxes by numbers. And having a pregnant man? Why? But maybe I'm missing something. Oh, and the alien threat? Sort of question mark, question mark, question mark there. So I'm, however, looking forward to next week's episode. Have a good week. Cheers, Ian. So, okay, thank, thanks very much, Ian. Um, yeah, I, I'm... I mean, as, as, far as, the, yeah. as far as the pregnant man goes, I mean, if you're going to have people on a hospital ship, you can't have them all dying. No, you can't, no. So the opposite to that is you have someone who's 
pregnant. Yeah, and I've got nothing and, against the whole thing making and, it a, a man because it was a it was a, a, a different species and and, and so yeah. on. It, it, you know, it 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 kind of turned that on its head a little bit. Um, and I, the other thing that I thought was interesting only like men give birth to boys and women give birth to girls. Yeah, yeah, seemed to be a reasonable. It wasn't even saying, "Oh, this is a completely different way round." It was just that you know, there's a which he sort of thought was that's a logical thing there. Yeah, I'd, and, and to and to be honest, I mean, I know people saying about, "Oh, you know, they're getting the PC thing in here," but basically, Red Dwarf have done this before. Yes, they have. Yeah, and <laughs> there didn't seem to be an outcry that. That was Red Dwarf doing the PC thing. Well, I think it's because... So, so, uh, well, so well, why... Well, when Red Dwarf was... Well, in actual, in similar circumstances, got drunk, didn't take precautions. Yeah. Now pregnant. Now pregnant, yeah. So, you know, yeah, where is the Because it was in the, the mirror difference? universe, that was it, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. where's the difference, really? Yeah. So why, 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 why are people criticising Doctor Who for doing it, but not criticising Red Dwarf? Well, I think because Red Dwarf was a comedy. <laughs> yeah, but I think and why, I think that why, is it. Why, I, why I think is, that's his why, only why defense. Is, yeah. But why? Why is there a difference? There isn't any. But I'm just saying. No. I think that that is. If anyone's going to try and defend it, that is the only thing because they would just say yeah. because Red Dwarf was a comedy. That's it. Yeah. That that is the only thing I think people could come up with. Hmm. You know, but <laughs> it didn't bother me. No, it didn't bother me. I mean, that's, that's but you know, it, literally, because I didn't really think it was that out there as an idea. No, not really. It's it, it's the whole thing of like different species have different ways of breathing yeah. and giving birth. You know, it's just yeah, you know, nothing wrong with that. I've got no, I've, you know. So, <laughs> oh dear, but a lot of people did it. Seems um, huh. so. Let's hope next week's episode brings every everyone back on board again. So we're back to uh, 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 another historical story. Yes. Demons of the Punjab. Um, I don't know if this is, this is a pure historical or not. Um, I was wondering that, but I'm thinking the next time trailer, or the next time bit. Yeah. They seem to be standing round something that didn't look particularly of its time. Oh right, okay. Quickly, I, must be, I didn't catch but that. I, but so. I may have looked at that wrong, and I've only really seen that once, so I don't yeah, know. Don't know. Okay, okay, well, we should. well, we've we only got a few days to find out, haven't we? So. Yes. Okay, everybody. Well, I think that just about wraps up um, this uh, this particular podcast. So um, thanks again for listening, everybody, and thanks again, everybody, for the feedback. Please keep it coming. We really do enjoy reading it out. Um, it, it's really interesting to get everyone's opinions. Um, and I, th- I think, I think speak, speak for both of us, really, we're just sort of really quite glad that we're, we're, we're actually getting a lot of interaction with, with the listeners this time so this series so um thank you please please keep it coming please keep it coming okay then so um until next week we'll talk about demons of the punjab it's goodbye from me phil and goodbye from me paul goodbye Listening to the Who's Podcast. 
please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He Podcast Facebook group. The Who's He Podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance.